0: Welcome to Our Plant Stories and a short bonus episode to celebrate the UK's National Apple Day. If you already have a passion for apples, you will know there is more out there than Granny Smith or Golden Delicious. I hope you're going to enjoy this episode because of my guest's knowledge and passion for apples. If you don't yet share that passion, well, I hope you're going to take away some fascinating facts, history as well as horticulture. History, the first UK National Apple Day was launched in the Old Apple Market in Covent Garden in 1990 by the charity Common Ground. Horticulture, in the UK alone we have developed over 2,500 varieties of apples, of the 7,000 that exist worldwide, so with thanks to the charity The Orchard Project for this fact, you could eat a different UK variety every day for over six years. Before we dive into the plant story, I would like to thank Andrew, Bill, Alison, Diana and Fiona, all of whom have bought me a coffee, which at the moment is the way you can support this growing podcast. You'll find the link on the website, ourplantstories.com. Over 150 years ago, a young girl planted an apple pip. And back in April, Richard Boris of the Orange Pippin website told us.
1: Every pip that you plant is actually a new variety. In that sense, apples are like humans. You have the mother and the father, and then you have a new variety, that the child is, is a new, unique, individual variety.
0: So that pip grew into a unique, individual variety called the Peas Goods Nonsuch. Let me now introduce you to Dennis Smith. We're meeting in the grounds of Burley House, standing in a a six-and-a-half-acre walled garden, which was once the site of a thriving Victorian kitchen garden worked by 120 gardeners. Dennis is the proof that one visit to an apple day can lead you on a 20-year voyage of discovery. So tell me about the parentage of the Peace Goods nonsuch apple tree. And how would I, if I if I see a perfect one, what will it look like and where will those characteristics come from?
1: Well, through DNA testing, it's thought that the peace good nonsuch comes from a cross between an Alexander, which is an old Russian variety that came into the country in the early 19th century, I believe, and the other parent, um, we think, was... Golden Noble. So you've got a very large um, conical red striped Alexander that um, has given its large size and its red striping um, and its white bloom to the peas, good. And then the other parentage we think was Golden Noble, which is a very perfectly round yellow canary yellow apple and the two have produced this renowned Peace Good and such. And we can also see similar traits that have come down into offspring um, in the form of Reverend Wilkes and also um, Charles Ross which is a, another apple um, of large size
0: so I'm holding Reverend Wilkes, so to speak. Where, when you look at Reverend Wilkes, tell me what you see if the peas goods such.
1: Well, I, I can see the light green coloration on an early peas good before it's fully ripe. It's got a, a fairly deepish cavity with a, a thickish stalk. and um, if you don't turn it round, where it gets characteristic brown little holes in it it can look very much like the parent apple.
0: How did you become passionate about apples?
1: I went to a an apple day in Stamford in 2003 and really that was it you know it, I started to learn and find out where I could buy heritage apple trees and then from there because I'd been to the apple day and that was all about finding lost varieties it set me on a um, a path to, to find Stamford's lost apples um, which there was reputed to be at least 40 Wow! Um, that were recorded yes. I mean it's since been found that there, there's, there were 80
0: So um, why was this such an apple growing area then?
1: Well, um, Thomas Laxton was probably one of the initial people um, who started to um, produce cross um, apples to produce newer apple varieties. And Stamford Pippin was one of his earliest. I think that dates to around about 1850-ish, 1852, something like that. Um, and And who was he? Thomas Laxton was a solicitor in Stamford, and um, but one of his passions was um, was plants, and um, he he um, he used to write to Charles Darwin. He he produced new peas, um, vegetables, um, tomatoes, um, strawberries. He was producing new varieties. He was, but apples were were one of his um, key things and i think he started that that interest within this area and then um in 1867 richard gilbert came to be head gardener at Burley, and he met all these local people who was interested uh, in apples and he would he had the ability and the time to go round and then impart all this excitement, this encouragement to the local gardeners and um, and the like, and it spread, and it took off. And so was there a
0: society? Was there a well, group? Was there a um
1: I think horticultural societies were much bigger in the Victorian era, and Richard Gilbert was a member of every village with you know horticultural society the Stanford one and all the little local villages and of course Burley owned a lot of these villages Barnet, Wakeley, Barradon, Pickworth and um, he would go and visit all these people hence the reason why they had so many I think he took f- something like 45 different apples to the 1883 Apple Congress um, so you know you he, he didn't just pick them off the estate
0: he had these other people that he yes, knew yes. and what was he hoping when, when you took apples to the Apple conference what were you hoping for to well the,
1: the the remit of the Congress was they wanted to see every possible Apple even seedling apples from these little cottage gardens because it might have some potential, just like the Bramley Apple started just the same, a young girl putting a pip in a plant pot. Um, And it was, I mean, it's still successful today, isn't it?
0: And if you and I were to wander around Stamford and look over garden walls, would we find any Peasegoods such? do you think?
1: I've been looking (laughs) Um, for 20 years and i don't think i've found one um but then i haven't been in every nook and cranny yet um you know mr Peasgood actually between marrying emma mamby who produced the Peasgood good from a pip between him marrying her in 1865 by 1872 when he took the apple to the burley park um, agricultural show. He was then working in Islington in London in a big drapery shop.
0: That explains why do you remember there's an advert where... for
1: brands where they're selling the apple and right at the bottom he's saying if you need any more information write to me at What was it, 169 something Islington? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he worked in in this big drapery drapery shop. shop. And then this is why you see the family then in later years, in the 1880s and the like, they're in Surrey or Sussex.
0: So they've moved from Stamford to to London, where they're living in in Islington, and then they've moved out to Surrey.
1: Yeah. We're fairly certain that Brands, who actually ended up selling his apple, yeah. They ended up with his old draper shop.
0: And what was Brown's again?
1: They were the nurserymen, local nurserymen, W W and J Brown's. Um, they were an old um, firm. The company had started by the father, Richard Brown, in the late seventeen hundreds. Um, very successful. And they um They bought the rights to um, take the graft wood from the Peasegood and And, um, it's it's written that they paid £20 for that privilege and I was also told by one of the descendants of um, Emma Peasegood that she actually bought a gold chain necklace with the money from that because it was her tree, wasn't it?
0: Do you have a favourite apple, and is it the Pease Goods?
1: I think it is the Pease Goods. It just just evokes, and it's such a big apple, you know. I've I've had a photograph taken at a Stanford Apple Day uh, with an apple that sort of hangs out over the side of my fingers, and I've got a reasonably good-sized hand.
0: And if someone listening to this is thinking I would like to start a bit of a journey with apples understand more find heritage varieties with your experience where should they start pick one apple and research it or what would you do
1: Um, I don't know I've had so much fun um, finding old apple trees and well You probably, you've got to go out and talk to people. Um, Go to apple days, really, I think. I think that's the place to start. Go to an apple day. They'll mostly have a a display of heritage varieties and then you'll be amazed that how many different looking apples, tasting apples, while you're there do a tasting test which mostly they do have, and from there you'll go on a journey. If you want to do, yeah.
0: Dennis, thank you. It's been a delight to meet you, and I, that is the closest I'm going to get to a piece because it's non it you know. <laughs> but there's the future. There's always another year, isn't there? As always, you can find photographs and information and links to all the organisations and charities I've mentioned on the episode page, ourplantstories.com. From there, you can also follow links to the original plant story about the Peas Goods Nonsuch. If you have one of these trees, I would love to hear from you. Sally at ourplantstories.com. And if you do buy me a coffee, thank you. I promise not to spend it on caffeine or plants. It'll fund Series 2, which starts in January. Our Plant Stories is presented and produced by me, Sally Flatman. You can follow it on Instagram, Stories underscore podcast, or there's an Our Plant Stories Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening.